rolling up my sleeves, getting to work. All right, so uh, the Beatitudes are perhaps the most important section of the New Testament to understand. And ironically, one of the sections we tend to understand the least. So let's fix that. We're going to fix that today. There's two points, two main points you're going to need to remember from today's lesson. All right. The first one is this. When you think of the Beatitudes, remember that there's a parallel to the Ten Commandments. Okay? So as the, the Beatitudes are to the New Testament as the Ten Commandments are to the Old Testament. There are things that are similar, and then there are things that are distinct. But this is how we should think about it, so that, you know, the founding uh, covenant, you know, that, that the Lord givers, gives as far as his law is this, these Ten Commandments. Moses goes up the mountain, receives the Ten Commandments, delivers them to the people. The founding uh, way that the Lord wants us to be in the new covenant is delivered from Jesus himself in the eight Beatitudes. Now, so when Jesus, we're told Jesus goes up the mountain to teach, he knows exactly what he's doing, and he knows that the people are going to remember Moses. Because the mountain is where you would go to encounter God. You know, obviously it's, it's up, you know, it's higher, right? And that, that whole kind of thing. The, the ancient cosmology uh, kicks in there. But this idea that you go to the mountain of God and there you commune with him. This is what Moses did. This is what Elijah did. There's so many of the Old Testament prophets uh, encountered God on a mountain. All right. So Jesus goes up the mountain, but instead of encountering God and receiving the Ten Commandments and then delivering them, Jesus is God. So he doesn't receive them. He need only communicate them, right? Because they emanate from God. So think of, think of that parallel and distinction. And from that, everything else uh, will, will be able to flow. We can infer all kinds of things from that. Now, the Old Testament doesn't go away. Jesus fulfills it. The Ten Commandments don't go away, but Jesus shows their proper fruition where they lead. Think of it this way. We have a lot of children here, children and teenagers. You have chores, right? Um, we always have chores. We give our kids chores. I had lists and lists of chores. Every day coming home from school, my mother had this list of chores. I hated it. Chores and chores and chores. Now, when you're little, they're chores. When you're old, they're just life, right? And that's part of what you're trying to teach the kids, Right, but, but you're not trying to ensure that at the end of your child's life, it could be said about them that they were a really good garbage taker-outer. The goal of the gar taking out the garbage, has n it doesn't really, I mean, there's the pragmatic, yeah, somebody's got to take it out, but it's not really about that. You're trying to teach something more. Think of the Ten Commandments and the Beatitudes in this way. The garbage has to be taken out. There are certain rules we need to follow when we live, you know, in a home and with a family, responsibilities we have. Those have to be obeyed and they have to be followed. That's just part of the deal. However, the following of those rules is meant to open up for us something greater, right? So we, 
So kids, you know, we're, we're trying to teach you certain behaviors because we want you to become certain types of people. You know, ideally fully functioning adults who are, you know, loving, caring, and, and filled with virtue. But this is a process. But first, you have to start with things like making your bed and taking out the garbage and cleaning your room. It's important. It's important stuff to learn. But it leads to something else. Right? And so even with the Ten Commandments, it's not an amazing thing to be able to say. You imagine going to heaven and saying to God, well, at the end of my life, you know, I'm, I'm talking with God and, well, God, I didn't kill anybody. Oh, well, okay. It's a, thanks for having a high bar. You know, um, it's not really, it's just the beginning, you see? Just like the chores, the Ten Commandments are just the beginning. And so what God does with his people is he's forming them and he's, he's growing them toward where they'll be able to receive the fullness of his revelation. But first, you got to keep the basics and they lead you to something else. Namely, they lead you to salvation. They lead you to Christ. And so it's Christ then who shows the proper fruition, just like the law of love, right? Love, love God with everything you are and love your neighbor as yourself. It doesn't mean the Ten Commandments go away. It means that the commandments are at the service of lovingness because God doesn't merely want us to be at the end of our lives people who didn't do bad things. He wants us to have become a certain type of person, a certain type of people. So we might say that the Ten Commandments are about doing or not doing, and the Beatitudes are about being or becoming. And you need both, just like in our human lives, you need both, right? Otherwise, you just have a person who, who merely follows rules, but doesn't, it doesn't have any impact doesn't change who they are, which means they don't have fruit. Okay, so that's the first point you need to remember uh, for the test. So the, think of the Beatitudes as a mirror, a parallel and yet distinct, uh, with, the, with the Ten Commandments. If you will, they're the Ten Commandments or the Eight Commandments of the, of the New Testament. Now, the second point that I want you to remember is this. Whereas Moses went up the mountain and received these commandments, they were extrinsic to God. In other words, God delivers these commandments to Moses who delivers them to the people, right? These are laws you need to follow to be, to be righteous, to be my people. Jesus delivers the Beatitudes first, recognizing that he fulfills them. So there's a difference between doing or not doing the right thing, and actually inhabiting virtue and inhabiting holiness. And in this particular way, or in this, in this view, Jesus is saying, I am the Beatitudes. I am the poor in spirit. I am humble. I will mourn. We think of the death of Lazarus. I am gentle, meek. I do hunger and thirst for righteousness. I am merciful, right? So he's, he's telling his disciples, this is who I am, and if you will be my disciple, you need to be like me. You need to become what I am. You see, this is, 
there's a distinction with the Ten Commandments. God doesn't have to be told not to do things that are bad, right? So those negative precepts, as they're called, neg- you know, don't do this, um, are extrinsic to God in a sense, right? Whereas the Beatitudes are who God is. They describe what it's like to be Jesus. He incorporates all of this um, all of this goodness and all of this virtue, and then he desires that we share in that and follow him. You know, we often look to other people and we say, well, you know, I'd like to be kind of who that person is or, or different virtues. And, you know, but, but even as your priest, like my goal is not that you would be like me. <laughs> Please don't. One's enough. Um, and, and while I do have certain virtues, I, I'm still working on a whole bunch of other ones. Aim higher. You know, it, it is good to, to see how in other people there, there's modeling and, and how we can say, okay, well, that person has found something that I'd really like to have, right? But when it comes to Christianity, it always points to Jesus Christ. We always point to Jesus Christ. Our goal is to be a little Christ, a Christian. And so here he's delivering, okay, This is what it means to be like me, because I am this. All right, so now we have really the two main, I got a third one, but we have the two main ideas here of the Beatitudes, the parallel with the Old Testament, the Ten Commandments, and then that Jesus um, actually encompasses or embodies, that's a better word, embodies their meaning and their reality, and we're meant to follow in that. Now, the second part of it is, or the, that, that element, is that they, they hold future promise. Right? Blessed are the poor in spirit, you know, for they, well, how does it go? I look it up. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven, right? Now, that one, actually, there, there, there's some that are like, you get it now, and then, but most of them, you get it later. Right? And we wonder, well, gosh, so I got to go through all that to get it later. Yes, because God knows you're not going to get it yet. Not all of the blessing. You're going to get some of the blessing. You're going to get some of it here and now, but it's always going to be incomplete. It's always incomplete. We have joys, we have goodness, we have wonderful experiences, and then we've got the other. We've got the struggles, the suffering, the sacrifice, the loss, the mourning, and it's heavy. It's heavy. And so it's imperfect. It's meant to be. It's meant to be imperfect. If it weren't, there wouldn't be a heaven to go to because it'd be here. Right? And so the Beatitudes orient us toward this future promise. And, and what is that promise? What does God want from us? What, is, what does he want to give us? The reason he's asking us to follow him and to become these kinds of people is because He wants to give us what was given to him. You see, we get to share in what Jesus has. Just as we talk about being baptized, we're incorporated into Christ. Incorporated, corporeal, embodied. We are brought into the body of Christ through baptism. And Jesus wants to give us everything that was given to him. And what was it that was given to him? Everything. Everything was given to him. And he invites us to share that. That's the promise. The promise isn't just follow these rules. No, the promise is inherit everything. 
You are the inheritance of God. He wants to give you everything. And God willing, we will all say yes and receive that for eternity. Please stand.